Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. Dr. Gator, I've realized something about myself as a new parent. I say no all the time, all day long. It, I just catch myself saying no, 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 no. And I know better because I have read a lot of parenting books and I have taken the classes. And it reminds me of this episode I did on Stuck in the Middle where my character decides that she's just seven kids is just going to say yes to everything. Yes for no distress. And and saying yes makes her life easier and better. And it's a really, really cute, fun episode. And I realized the other day that I, I need to do this in my life. So I told Mike, we need to stop saying no. And we just need to say yes and manipulate the situation. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have the same thing, and I was even saying that to, to Sarah, my wife, you know, a couple months ago when we, we just moved, and we were saying no so often because the house wasn't really set up for success you know there were boxes and they were just every every corner was just a disaster zone and and we really had to go back and be like okay we have a toddler you know we need to make the house more successful so we don't have to say no all the time right you know you know you can't go in there no don't touch that no don't touch the blade no you have to set up things so they actually you know can't get in or can't can't do it so that way they can run around and be safe and explore because that's what they're supposed to do right they're supposed to go in the closet they're supposed to look around and you got to set up your situation so you don't have to be restrictive all the time but you want them to to you want it to be safe and you have to say no when you need to say no but you don't want to have the situation be where you're constantly saying it all day so they're just hearing the word no and that becomes the first word they say exactly and it is the first word they say right or besides mama and dada and then it's no um yeah we have to set them up for success exactly and today we have Dr. Medea Saeed on, and she really, I, I learned so much from this interview. We discuss mental health, setting up your home for success so you don't have to say no all the time, so you can just say yes, yes, yes to everything in your house. Uh, we discuss healthy brains, healthy eating, toxins in the environment. And, and we also chat about chronic disease, which is just absolutely so important to talk about right now is really important to educate ourselves on all the things that we can be doing to try to prevent chronic disease in our children. Or if they do have a disease, then what we can do to minimize their risk. And the rates are just going up and up and up. And there are there's just so much information out there that we need to start thinking about and start considering educating ourselves about so that way we can start implementing some of these things into our own family where it makes sense. Yes. You know, and we also talk about, I love this part because I always want to know what you are giving Eli and what you guys are eating at home. And so we talked to Dr. Medea Saeed also about what she feeds her family. She talk, takes us through it. She even gave me recipes and what she has in her medicine cabinet, which is um, really fascinating. It's kind of a whole lot of nothing because everybody's so healthy over there. 
And uh, <laughs> that's what you want, right? You want a medicine cabinet with nothing in it. But I think that's really interesting where we dive into that conversation. And the, you know, the realization to that is, is really, you know, we talk more about food than we do really about medicine. Food is medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some of this can feel a lot for parents. Um, but again, I think it's all things that we need to hear. And at the end of the day, it's going to help us raise the bar on ourselves. All right, let's get into it. Here's our sit down with Dr. Medea Saeed. We are so excited to have on our show today, Dr. Medea Saeed, also known as Holistic Mom MD on social media. She's a practicing board certified family physician in the U.S., health influencer, international speaker, and best-selling author times six and sits on multiple medical advisory boards, including Wellness Mama. Dr. Saeed and her kids speak internationally at the most prestigious holistic conferences, summits, radio podcasts. We're just so excited to have you here. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a huge honor. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for for being here. I always love chatting with you. You're always got so much energy and always got so much (laughs) excitement. And I think there's a lot that our listeners can can learn from you. And, and I love always chatting with other fellow doctors and just kind of talking about integrative medicine in general. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause I'm just a little bit passionate. So like just a little passionate. A little, about a little, a little, everyone's going to say <laughs> a tiny bit. We can tell a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this topic. I can't wait. Thank you so much. It's been a huge honor. Thank you for having me on. So it seems like the parenting books these days don't really cover all of the parenting issues that we're, we're seeing today. Why do you think that parenting today's children is so different than when we grew up? Absolutely. Well, if you just look at the statistics, it's really scary. And especially during these past, just this past year, behavioral issues have increased 40%. So our children are just getting sicker. So these are no longer the same children that our forefathers dealt with Mm -hmm. because they're not in the same environments that our forefathers dealt with. And so right now, specifically, I mean, if you look at the studies, you know, um, every other child is sick. And if you continue at the current trajectory, one every four children will have autism by 2033. And not even just like, I mean, one every six child has a neurodevelopmental disorder like autism, ADHD, learning disorders, communication disorders, you know, sensory processing. Um, and even ADHD has increased 167%. Yeah. So this is no cry. longer the same generation. These are not the problems that our, our um, you know, forefathers dealt with. Yeah. These are new problems and they're going at an ex- exponential rate. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I've had several teens in the last couple of weeks come in with depression, anxiety. It's, it's almost weird to have a teen that's coming in at this point that isn't having problems. And I mean, I know, and the pandemic has exacerbated everything. I mean, it absolutely everything. has. Everything's gotten worse. The hospitalizations are up 30% for mental health issues. It just, it, it's snowballing, but this was, this is not a new problem. I think this is just, uh, you know, pouring gasoline on a fire that's already, you know, not even a little, mm-hmm. little fire. It's a pretty big fire and we're pouring gasoline on this big fire. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a disaster. It's absolutely disaster. We gotta do something about it. Absolutely. And that's where the parenting books have missed, because I think we've we've dealt with, okay, how are we going to raise healthy kids? You know, (laughs) how are we going to parent healthy kids? But when you have a child with depression, anxiety, ADHD, 
you know, when they have rashes all over their bodies, when you can't, you can't parent that child the same as you would parent a healthy child. And that's why taking into, this is why I love what you guys are doing, taking into like brain and body and putting it all together to really raise amazing. Yes, 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 you get it. Oh, you get it. You we know we have to start with like the root cause of what's going on here. And that's when I, that's when the book that I'm currently writing, actually I just submitted to the publisher is called Yay. The Holistic Rx for Kids. It's parenting healthy brains and bodies in a changing world. And I really dove into the science of how we need to now, uh, our lifestyles. And I think this is the difference between our forefathers and now is that our lifestyles are completely different. And, um, and how our lifestyles are actually dictating every decision our child makes and our brains are making. So it's really, really crazy. Can we dive into that a little bit? So what it, when you did your research for the book, uh, or just in general in life from everything that you do all the time, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the things that, that you feel like are the biggest differences? What are some of the things that people should be paying attention to? And then, mm -hmm. you know, what can we, you know, maybe we'll get into that later, but what can we do about it? But let's just start with what are the things people should be paying attention to? So I think when it comes to all of these chronic health conditions, we have to first get to the root cause, right? As us as holistic physicians, we just don't like, oh, here, we're gonna band-aid this problem. We have to figure out why are our children getting sicker? And what is the underlying root cause? And I know I dive in a, in a little bit more about inflammation and how our lifestyles are really leading to these this um, chronic inflammation. And inflammation really does mean like fire inside. It's, your body's natural defense systems as it tries to respond to the, you know, keeping the bad guys out and the good guys in, healing wounds and then, you know, healing wounds. And um, there's two main types. There's acute inflammation, there's chronic inflammation. And acute inflammation, you know, is that, you know, it's a quick response, you know, it's ancestral. You get a cut, it immediately starts to get red and swollen. That's, that's acute inflammation. Or if, your kid jumps off the, or if your kid jumps off you know, the couch and bangs their head against the, yes. the table or the oh. window, whatever Eli wants to do. <laughs> or any of our kids, really. <laughs> no, mine is completely good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Or they get burns as they're trying to do something crazy. I, that's all acute inflammation, right? But then what happens is that because of our children's lifestyle, this immune system sort of gets stuck in the on position. And when it gets stuck in the on position, that can then be too much of a good thing. And it's like these constant life's daily exposures to like, um, we have toxins in the environment, chronic stresses, allergens, low-grade infections, ongoing abuse even, even deep-seated, deep I think, racism and poverty. Mm -hmm. Even all of those are just chronic stresses that are really destroying our bodies in turn and out, inside and out. And so a properly functioning immune system is able to keep these things under control. But then when it's not properly functioning with all these constant triggers, your, you know, your inflammatory cytokines sort of go out of control. They destroy everything in its path. And, um, and this is what I think is cool is that you can start seeing these symptoms in a child very, very young, like starting from colic to chronic ear infection. These are like soft signs of inflammation that a child is dealing with. But what's really empowering, which I really wanted to dive into, is that this inflammation, this chronic inflammation, is actually hijacking our children's brains. And studies have actually found that inflammation can actually decrease, like, so that can actually decrease the strength of the connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala 
That that which is so the that's like the mo the two main pieces of your decision making is your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala. A prefrontal cortex makes those rational decisions. It weighs risks versus benefits, all of that. While the amygdala is the fight and flight type of responses. And inflammation actually cuts those connections off. So now the child is now thinking with their amygdalas. There that actually impairs cognitive function. And I mean the studies are huge. They've actually done a group of um. They had a group of 4,000 children, and researchers determined that those children with behavioral problems at, while they were younger actually had increased risk of so many chronic health conditions in adulthood. So to the point where these children actually had premature death. <laughs> those kids, so they actually correlated between those children that were, had behavioral issues to even death. And they've even done studies where prenatal inflammation, so even when a mother is has, um, you know, has a baby, um, even that inflammation, researchers have actually shown that the brain networks in babies can actually reflect the degree of inflammation their mothers have experienced even in pregnancy. Where those babies, so, if, uh, so like your interleukin-6, right? So if, you're, if you have higher interleukin-6 levels in pregnancy, your child at the age of two, they actually assessed their working memory and they actually scored lower. So it, and their impulse control was a lot less. And they're, um, and so it's just so powerful that even just prenatally, <laughs> it can affect a child's brain and their bodies. And we all know that it obviously damages the mitochondria, which is a powerhouse of the cell. It affects their child's genes. It can turn genes on and off, this inflammation does. And same with, you know, so all of these other, like, it basically destroys your gut. I mean, it destroys everything. But the connection with the brain is really where a lot of my research now has been focused. That all of these things that our child now is incorporating into their daily routines can either make or break a child and or make or break their decision. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's... It's sad that we even have to start bringing this up and, and this isn't something that we talked about before because it's so obvious, right? Mm -hmm. It's so obvious that everything is connected. But when even when we went through through medical training, you know, it's it's very much of the brain is here and the heart is here and the lungs are here and we have mm -hmm. all these specialists. And, and it's good that we have specialists because you need to really dive into something, you know, if you have a certain problem. But then mm -hmm. what gets lost is the connection, right? What gets lost is the brain is a part of your body. And, and mm -hmm. you know, if you have one issue, then it's going to affect everything else. And why wouldn't mom's stress levels during pregnancy affect the baby? Why wouldn't what you eat affect your baby or yourself? Why wouldn't mm -hmm. what you're surrounded with and the chemicals that are, you know, going into your body, touching your body, why wouldn't those things affect yourself or your baby? And this isn't about shaming anybody. This isn't about no. negativity. This is just about opening up everybody's eyes to the reality of the major catastrophic, horrible problem that we are seeing that doctors are seeing, but certainly integrative doc medicine doctors are trying to get mm -hmm. out there is, hey, this is a big problem. This isn't a small problem. One out of two kids have a chronic disease or some number near there, and that number keeps going up. That's not okay, mm -hmm. and we're going to have every kid have a problem. Or if you have two kids, you're going to have one of them that's going to have some serious disease that they're going to be on medication for in the that's next That's terrifying. Day. It is terrifying. There's a lot of things going on. I, I want to ask. We have to now really start taking this seriously. Oh, sorry. 
We should, just, just a little tandem, we have to start taking this seriously because our children at a critical phase, just like what you said, how can we not think that this is affecting us? Because our children at a critical phase of neurodevelopment with lots of hormones and structures and behavioral and molecular connections that are all developing at the same time. And so they're, even adolescents are vulnerable to this, their environment. And so each state, each thing that you do can form these connections because we're born with, you know, trillion, like so many connections and very little, I mean, the cells, but very little connection. So everything that you do can affect not even just the hormones, but also the structural and the behavioral and the molecular connections of our child's body. Okay. I have a question for you. Going back yes. to implement, going, well, I have a thousand, <laughs> I have so many questions for you, but, yeah, um, <laughs> but, um, going back to inflammation, because I feel like this mm-hmm. is a word that we're, people are hearing a lot. Parents are hearing a lot and nobody really knows exactly. Is it like, is it, is it the wine I'm drinking that's causing inflammation? <laughs> Probably, but no, but for our kids, what, 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 what do you do for your kids to make mm-hmm. sure to reduce inflammation? What, what, what do you have in your medicine cabinet like i want to do what by the way i love everything that you're doing with your kids um and your kids have a podcast and we'll talk about that in a second but like i want to i i'm I'm always asking dr gator this i'm always like well well, what are you doing with eli what what did you give him (laughs) what are you doing i want to do what you guys are doing for my kids society of integrative doctors with magic beans that we keep our kids healthy Yeah, I think it starts with education. Okay. Right? And um, my kids know exactly what happens when the food that they eat enters their bodies. They know the, what happens with the insulin. They know what the gut bacteria. They know what happens, how, how the glucose enters the cell. You know, they know all of those things. They even know what happens if you add artificial foods to your body. So what we do is whenever we went to, so as I was growing, cause I've been, you know, my oldest is 13. I've been doing functional and holistic medicine for 12 years. So I, right out, right out of residency, I joined a medical practice where we were all, where there was physicians, holistic practitioners, so everybody was there. So I learned it right out of the get go, which is such a blessing. And I started implementing it on my children. And so, but as I was learning it, they were learning it. So we would go and we would say, oh, look, what does, um, what is these nitrates? What is this in the food? And then they would look it up. Mama, that cause, oh my God, the WHO said this causes a cancer causing agent. Why would I want to put this in my body? So it was just like one step. So everything they were eating, they were actually going back and doing the literature. We would do the literature together and be like, okay, what does red number 40 do? Oh my gosh, it causes all these problems. Well, what about these? Oh my gosh, it causes all these problems. So the kids know from the very beginning, and you can start this in any age. I've been doing those with my patients and my clients that you just start reading ingredients. So just educating yourself is really important. And, um, and I start with gut health. I start with nutrition, you know? So you start with um, every time you want to put food in your body, you want to make sure that it helps heal you, not hurt you. You want to make sure that it solidifies this connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. And those are tons of vegetables, some clean protein and healthy fats. And you want to get rid of all the junk food, right? Um, and I mean, we have we have cleaner junk food in the house, right? Another thing that I do in my house is that I make sure that there's no ne- there's limited negativity, and that comes with saying no. I don't say no very often, and because I stock my house up with success, everything that they can eat 
is in the house. Like, I don't mind anything they eat. But the, it's, the problem arises when our children start to, when we have stuff that we know that they are physically, because these you know, companies have, like, brainwashed our children to crave these specific foods. But what what's going on is that, you know, we are craving these foods. We put the foods in the house that we don't want the kids to eat. And then there's a constant food battle. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. No, don't do this. You know? And so it's a yes, yes, you can eat that. Yes, you can eat that. Yes, you can eat this. And I have four boys, right? So it, believe me, I don't want any arguments of that. I want them to feel empowered and not like I'm being, you know, controlling them. And so I have, they know that they're supposed to eat vegetables, clean protein, healthy fats. They've, I've taught them that from the very beginning. And then there's snacks and stuff in the house. I cook. I do cook. I love to cook. I, food is my love. That's how I show my love is through food. And um, I, they want cake. I will make them cake. They want brownies. I will make them brownies, you know, um, and I or we'll get it from like a cleaner source. So they have everything that their little hearts desire. <laughs> There's no negativity. And I really feel that that because anytime you put a certain stress on a child, stress, we know can actually disconnect the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. And so that then your child is going to start to go in this rage, like start to think fight and flight, like, oh my gosh, start hiding foods and start to like, you know, go against what you're trying to tell them. Um, so really the nutrition piece, educating the kids, really crowding out the stuff that they can't have um, with really nutrient dense ingredients and educating them. I mean, even when my children now are out and about, um, I don't, I, I trust them. I mean, it's their own bodies. They know what they need to do. Um, and then they actually, they'll be like, mama, why would I want that? It's like a chemical. Why would I want to put that in my body? My five-year-old will say that when he's offered a lolly, like a dum-dum at a, at a party. They go, no mama, that's a chemical. Why would I want to put that in my body? I'll kill the, my good friends in my body, mama. No, I don't want to kill the good friends in my body, belly. And then it gets even more powerful. Let me just take it one step further, especially with the nutrition and lifestyle pieces, that when you start raising your children in this holistic lifestyle and you educate them and you empower them and you give them all the resources they need to really thrive and their brains to function appropriately, now they're able to, which is really cool, if they've eaten too much sugar one day, they're, they are able to tell. And the next day, like for example, my seven-year-old, was like, I saw him, I came downstairs, you know, I do my like meditations, my yoga, so they know that they, they, they start, if they eat, they, they eat the foods that they want to beforehand. And I come downstairs after doing all of that, and he, I'm like, I see him eating sauerkraut. I'm like, okay, you wanted sauerkraut for breakfast? He goes, yeah, no, mama, because- I saw this on your Instagram. <laughs> because I was like, oh, because he's like, yeah, mama, because of the fact that yesterday, I think I had like the ketchup that Nano had, like my grandma, like grandma had at her house, I think had sugar in it. And it really affected me. So I needed to eat. And I think I was a little agitated when I woke up. So I'm eating sauerkraut to balance my bacteria to improve my, um, my brain function. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's nice. just because we're empowering them with food and nutrition and lifestyle. You, you can retire, like you, you did your job. You've done your job. Well, that's what I tell my parents. That's what I tell the parents. I'm like, if you educate your child about the food that they're putting in their bodies, what is, there is a less, there's a chance, but what's the chance that they're going to start putting drugs in there? You know, they're going to start, because they're educated, empowered. I mean, my kids now are like, 
oh my god, I don't want to have red number 40. <laughs> you know? So what's the chance they're going to like, ooh, I'm going to try some of that cocaine or the heroin, you know? But like, <laughs> stuff that I'm just saying, it's empowering for the parents, you know? Um, that if you can empower your children with education and uh, making those decisions for themselves. And then once they, uh, like, for example, another example is that they had too much dairy one day, one weekend, right? They had splurge. And my little one, he, we always dealt with eczema. And then now, you know, it's, it's lifestyle. It was gone. He started to come back a little bit. I said, no, mama. My, again, my, this is my 10-year-old. He goes, mama, eczema's coming back. I'm a no dairy, really strict. I got to get my Epsom salt baths in. I got to do these just with lifestyle. So if you really educate and empower them starting with the foods and then go from there, it really makes a big difference. And they don't feel like they're, like they're now in charge of their own health just by food is medicine. And it, it, it is. <laughs> and, 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 and both of us, you know, as, as physicians, and we've talked about this before, it, you know, neither one of us are against medicine, right? We're not. Nope talking down on medicine. We're not saying that there isn't a place or a time. There absolutely is. I mean, we're in the golden age of medicine. We have treatments for for things that would have killed you years ago. I mean, you know, if you have a pneumonia, you're very grateful you have antibiotics that mm -hmm. could save your life. We're not against that at all. Mm -hmm. But we're not here to talk about what you can do after to treat no. something. I mean, there's lots of great treatments for things. And if you need a medication, then you need it. But we're mm -hmm. here today speaking about what can we do to prevent this? What can we do in the long term? How do we prevent kids from getting chronic disease? How do we stop this before it happens? And, you know, back to your original question, Serena, about, you know, what do, what do we have in our medicine cabinet? Well, we don't have anything in our medicine cabinet for Eli. Eli's never, ever needed a medication at all. No. He's not touched the medicine. He's no, never had time. I guess I guess I want to hear, I, I and because you're my child's doctor, knock on wood, Nico really hasn't either. But I did hear that you have Epsom salt, which I am a huge fan of. That saves my life. Sauerkraut, mm -hmm. I do not have in my kitchen. Maybe it should be, what do you have in your kitchen? Maybe that <laughs> is the well, question. Well, no, all of it, I think, is just um, yeah, Epsom salts. It yeah. really helped to detoxify your body, and especially for soreness. Um, and then, yeah, we, I, we love our sauerkraut. We love anytime there's some, we eat sauerkraut on a daily basis because the health of your body determines um, with the, the, the diversity and the symbiotic relation of your gut flora. So that's where, when you add sauerkraut, which is all great uh, probiotics, when you start eating that, then it actually starts to grow more of these species and it adds great good bacteria in there. Um, and different on my grocery list right now. <laughs> biodiversity. So I have kimchi, I have ones with turmeric in them. Like I have all different types of sauerkrauts that the that the um, that the kids will eat. The other thing that I have in my kitchen that really helps is bone broth, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime I okay. I, they feel like a sickness coming, they we try to do bone broth on a regular basis. But anytime they their stomach there feels a little irritated, they'll have some bone broth. Right. Um, so those are the key things. And then um, obviously then the rest of it is the stuff that we're trying to avoid, like toxins and stress management and social health and spiritual health that will all help to optimize. But if you really want to now go into the medicine cabinet aspect, like I'm, I'm actually a homeopath. My grandfather was a homeopath. I'm a homeopath, you know, so therefore like um, I, I did that actually because my I have every doctor in my family who's a conventional medicine doctor 
and there nobody was doing homeopathy and so I'm like oh I'm gonna do this just to make my grandfather proud not recognizing that oh my gosh people are healing with all of these you know simple things that we can incorporate um, and that's what made it made it so po powerful so I have homeopathy I have arnica I have oxalococcinium I have um, Chestol, which is for cough. I have, I mean, there's so many different brands out there, like, you know, different brands that you can do. Um, I have homeopathy. So immediately if I need something extra, I use homeopathy. And then there's also like essential oils and supplements. Um, and I go through it a lot in my, actually in my book, the first book that I wrote, The Holistic Rx, for, for The Holistic Rx, Your Guide to Healing Chronic Inflammation and Disease. I actually go through 80 conditions with supplements, homeopathics, acupressure points, and aromatherapy that you can use for each one of those conditions. Oh, incredible. So for me, I love essential oils. Yeah, I love yeah, essential oils. I love um, home homeopathics. And so those are the main things that I have, and then I'll use um, supplements as needed. But those ones I find essential oils and homeopathics, everybody does really well with. Yeah, and I just want to add, you know, some of the things that we have at home. I mean, you mentioned a lot of what we have, but elderberry syrup, a lot of people love. Oh, I love elderberry. For kids over one, honey is is great. You know, honey has a lot of great antibacterial, mm -hmm. antiviral properties. Tea is really good for older kids. You know, if you have a stomach mm -hmm. ache, you know, chamomile tea or peppermint mm -hmm. tea or ginger tea. I mean, there's so many things. And then even just going back to very basics, what did all our grandparents do for, for kids when they had, you know, the first signs of a cold? They gave them, you know, like chicken soup or soup. Right, but mm -hmm. but what is that really? If you make it properly, it's bone broth, right? It's, it's, it's tons of not the same. Yeah. Chemical soup. Okay, you get your salt and your chemicals. And whatever. That's not the same thing. You can't give a child chicken soup in a can and think that's going to be, you know, medically nourishing. It, it might be fine if that's what you want to do, but it's not the same thing as creating your own soup for over days. And that's what all of mm -hmm. our grandparents did. Why do they do that? Because of the the chemicals and the nutrients that are taken with the love of creating the food over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. that, that these chemicals and minerals and nutrients leach into the, the liquid and then you eat that. I make that, a that, that... soup a week. <laughs> I make a soup every single week. So there's always like soup, some, some so do I. Yep, that's in, the, way I in do the fridge. Um, so there's yep. never nothing to eat. Um, and it's a lot of work, but it's totally worth it. It, it. it is a lot of work, but this, this is something that I talk about all the time. I talked about on so many podcasts and so many. It, it's a lot of work. And this isn't about, you know, shaming people for not doing the work, but this is work that we absolutely have to start doing. We must, must, must start making our own food most of the time. You can decrease the chemicals by a huge degree if you create mm -hmm. your own food. Yes, not always. I mean, I get it. People are busy. I'm really busy. We're all really busy. But mm -hmm. you have to carve out that time and stop saying it's too much. It has to be part of your day. Food is what you're built of and what your kids built of. And if we're giving them crappy food, if we're giving them stuff in a box, I mean, just look at the recent research on the baby food. They all have so many chemicals in it. It's a disaster. You cannot give your food process. You cannot give your kids processed food in the majority. If they eat it once in a while, it's fine. But they all have stuff. All these big corporations mm -hmm. are not testing for this stuff. It's full, it's full of crap. It is. It just absolutely is. Please, if you're going to do one thing, if you hear one thing from this today, please make your own food as much as you can. No, absolutely. And do you think it's harder for me? I always think I'm like emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, dealing with a sick child as a mom is a lot harder than cooking your own food. 
It's a really good point. You know, because yeah. Yeah, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't need four boys with temper tantrums and, you know, you know, agitation and aggression. So either I can take the time right now to create these little leaders, the best that I possibly can, or, um, or have to deal with those consequences later on. And I can't deal with that consequences later on. I want a child that's mindful, resilient, that's able to look within, understand their emotions, as a boy, I'm like educating them about their emotions and what they're feeling and all of those. So, so they're able to then, you know, cultivate that and, you know, bring that out into the world in a productive way. Um, another thing that I really want to empower patients, I mean, your, your people that are listening today, um, is I feed a family of eight on a daily basis. Wow. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Wow. In this pandemic, I wrote five books. I'm. We started a podcast. <laughs> we. Well, I'm feeding the family. The of, you don't have any time to do the podcast. The kids got to do it. Well, the kids can do it. <laughs> well, you know, but they do it. But we started a podcast. We're educating. Actually, we started another channel too with my in-laws. But the thing is, like, if I can do any of all of this, and it's quick and easy, I can feed a family of twenty this nutrient dense foods within like an hour wait do you have Minimum. a cookbook yet because if you don't i feel one coming um <laughs> <laughs> i am actually i'm in the process of putting that one that's my that'll be my seventh i need to finish whatever i have right now and get them off to the publisher no. i got three different publishers two different agents like <laughs> this is <laughs> crazy. It's incredible and if you two could but get to i can do it anybody can do it that's that's true that's true we do just have to carve out the time and i definitely carve, carve out the time to cook and i do think a lot of parents this mm -hmm. pandemic were at home and like how many pictures of like food did we more you know see more of on instagram because people were finally like home and cooking so hopefully hopefully that will stick yeah um, but i but unfortunately yeah <laughs> yeah no unfortunately most of that was i think like comfort foods like because all the baking aisle was gone so we need oh, yeah. to know true yeah <laughs> yes so if yeah. we balance that out with some soups and things like it is all about balance right um it's all about but, balance but, but, and I, I agree but i think also with the pandemic it's about reprioritizing what's important to us i think mm -hmm. that has to come out of it and you know some people were more busy some people were less busy some people have more time to cook some people had less time to cook because you're you know mm -hmm. teacher mom dad parents, uh, you know, you're doing 10,000 different jobs. <laughs> Butt wipers, I mean, everything, yeah. yeah. So sometimes <laughs> it's, it's harder, but I think that we have to remember how important health is. And I think that is something that has come out of this. And I hope that's the big takeaway, you know, from mm -hmm. this at the end of the day, when we try to have a positive spin on things as we come mm -hmm. out of this, is that, you know, we need to have our health be a priority. It has to be a focus. And maybe, you know, some of these small things like making your own food will become a priority gardening i know lots of people have started gardens because they were home yeah so that's been awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, we have a question from jill uh who mm -hmm. i thought was a good question and, and she says i don't remember having ever having a friend in school with autism adhd mm -hmm. peanut allergies but it seems like half my kids class have these things did i did i miss that when i was growing up or is this really you know totally a new thing that we didn't have before no, and I, I think I can ask this to both of you. Do you guys have people your age, our ages that are autistic? Like I haven't met a single, like probably one person I think I've ever met. And, and that's, that's what's scary. I haven't met anybody else our age 
that um, has this chronic con this condition and it is accelerating at a very rapid rate. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, there are a lot of non-for-profit organizations that are investigating this. Like I know Do Documenting Hope, which is a national organization dedicated to heal chronic disease in children. Um, I'm the director of education for that organization and they are really doing the study. The head of the study is a pediatric neurologist from Harvard. Dr. Martha Herbert, who's actually written books on healing autism, and she's done it in her own um, practice on a regular basis. But she, um, we're actually doing this study where you're taking 14 children with seven chronic illnesses and healing them and reverse engineering it. And what they're seeing with these children is that it's all because of the toxic load, right? Because our bodies can only handle so much and our bodies are not meant to tolerate the 85,000 chemicals that it's exposed to on a daily basis. So our livers, our bodies can only handle so much. And so this is why you have an increased toxic load. Now you add, EM, you know, all these things, EMFs and toxins and pesticides and, you know, all these things our children are dealing with on a daily basis that's really increasing the toxic load and leading to all these chronic health conditions in children. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm, we're, it's also depressing, honestly, <laughs> but you are creating so many books and, and podcasts now, and you've created so much to empower parents and children to turn this around, which is incredible, which is what we need to do. Where, and then exactly in keeping it simple, where can people find you? Tell us, tell us about your kids' podcasts, you on social media, where, where can everyone find you and all of your books? Absolutely, thank you so much. So on social media, I'm Holistic Mom MD. And on, um, so I am on Instagram, Facebook mostly. And then um, my books are, I have the first book is called The Holistic Rx, Your Guide to Healing Chronic Inflammation and Disease. And then I have Adam's Healing Adventures. So I started a functional medicine children's book series with my children. Um, that we actually started writing in the pandemic and it really goes through, you know, all the things that kids can do to really optimize their overall health and well-being. Um, and so that was the, that one. I'm actually working on the second one right now, The Healing Power of Rainbow Foods. And, um, and then we, I actually even started a holistic Urdu channel, so to further, which has gotten, I think, in the last, we've already hit more than millions of millions of views over the last just month. I know, I know, incredible. Um, that's Holistic Urdu MD, just because I'm like, I have this extra gift, this language, I'm gonna help educate the other side of the planet that doesn't. So, um, and then I'm also, uh, currently I'm writing the Holistic Rx for kids. Um, and so those are those, and then I, the podcast that actually we started during the pandemic because I'm like what am I supposed to do with these kids all day <laughs> what am I supposed to do and how can because they, they get they get exhausted from listening to my voice all the time come on they're kids right so I'm like ooh, if I get Dr. Gator to tell them <laughs> it's really manipulative I love it I mean I think that's <laughs> so that we started a podcast because <laughs> I'm like they hear about this stuff all the time so it's the holistic kids show podcast that um, we're having like the biggest names in the industry um, come on. Uh, we have some like, I think Kea Proet come on this Thursday 
from Dr. Mark Hyman's team coming on. So it's just really, we have had Dr. Terry Walls, we've had Dr. Gator. So like, again, the biggest names in the um, kids space have come on to help us um, really empower and educate the future generation because I thought there was enough people, edu adults educating adults. Now I had to get kids to start to start this conversation. Yeah, and just grill, grill us, the grill the practitioners, you know, it's fun. That's so cool. <laughs> I, want, I want my kid to play with your kids. <laughs> You're just... I wish you were right. <laughs> I don't know where you live. I'll ask you later. But, um, <laughs> but no, you're you're a goddess and um this was i mean you you're you and dr gator have done this before but it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and learn from you and thank you so much been my i honor. appreciate you being on so this so much and we and i always love talking to you because it's just it is so empowering and you know serena said and i agree this this situation is depressing if you think about it from mm -hmm. one one angle and it's depressing from a practitioner angle i think this should be mm -hmm. empowering to parents to say look there are things that we can do to change this we can turn things around everything looks really horrible when you're in it but at the other side you know there is a way to get out of it and we have to just start thinking about these things mm -hmm. and we can make changes and you're you know tirelessly working to get so many you know in so many different outlets and you know i don't know even how you had time to do this i guess apparently if, in between your like eight book writing things but <laughs> And, and making dinner. I want to know what you're making for dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> that already in the morning time. Smart. <laughs> we, we appreciate you helping uh, families to raise their kids amazing and to really you know, change the paradigm of medicine and, and think more holistically. So everybody needs to check out Holistic Mom everywhere or, you know, it'll be like the next 30 books on Amazon. So you just you know, type <laughs> in and the whole list will be you. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I forgot to ask you our most important question. And I feel like you've probably answered it already, but I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you anyway. So we at Raising Amazing think that no matter what is going on in the world, we can always find something mm -hmm. that's amazing. So what has been, um, and collectively, we've all been very stressed out and, you know, experienced a lot of anxiety and, um, trauma and drama this last year mm -hmm. um what was or what's been the most amazing part of your pandemic just spending the time with the kids you know i love it i have really they've taken this on to a totally different level um where i'm able to really have full-fledged conversations with them um i like to say i like to brainwash them in one way <laughs> Either you brainwash your children one way, you brainwash them another way, right? But really, it's all about educating and empowering the children. And I was able to, uh, which I've always wanted to do, was stop the middle of the day and meditating, do gratitude. Like start, we start, we already started the day with gratitude, but I wanted to bring that throughout their day because they're gonna have ups and downs of life, you know. And either that pain, that perspective that our children have can either be their pain or their prison, or that perspective can actually be their power. And so during this pandemic, during this pandemic, because I'm with them all day long and I'm having conversations with them and I'm seeing most of my clients from home and um, with just a couple days in the clinic, but I've had a lot more time with them. We've started meditating their lunch hours an hour, hour long. We've started meditating together. We started taking walks in nature together. So we're actually living the life together and they're actually seeing the benefits. But most important, importantly, I think it's that perspective that I'm trying to change. 
And that's that takes time, right? Because you can because our subconscious governs about 90% of our thoughts and actions. And so when they're in a world of negativity all day long, um, our children can become very negative. Our subconscious can, can become negative. But when you're like showing them all the world of possibilities, like look at all these delicious foods, look at all of these great things that are going on in the world, um, you know, just being all thankful for all the little things that they have, now you can change, change that perspective and make it their power. And that's what I feel like this pandemic has really allowed me to do is really help guide their subconscious to thinking in a world of positivity, building better brain connections, building better body connections, you know, with everything and body function to help them be their very best self. That is amazing. I got nothing. I have nothing to add to that. We're going to, we're not, I'm not, I'm not go. That's it. You need we're, your we're own TV show that. next. That's next. <laughs> That was amazing. Thank you, Dr. Medea, for all the information and for sitting down with us today. As I said before, Dr. Medea also gave me actual recipes after the interview. And so I made them. There, She gave me a foolproof cake recipe and cookie recipe, which are sugar-free, gluten-free and so I was like, all right, let me try this. And made with almond butter, avocado oil, a bunch of eggs. And I, I put chocolate chips in everything. So I threw teeny tiny little dark chocolate chips in it. And I made them. And so I made yep. a dozen. I left the house. <laughs> I came back. And there are one and a half cupcakes left. That's very nice. I left you one at least. One and a half. Mike and Nico <laughs> ate all of them in a day. I'm okay. not sure that's what she meant when she said that her, you know, told her kids that yes, 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 you can go ahead and eat everything. I don't There's think a you're lot supposed of yes to eat. There. <laughs> I think supposed to eat all of the cupcakes, healthy cupcakes. But anyway, um, that was awesome. And speaking of awesome, we have another question from an amazing mama. Hi there. Um, my oldest child is attending kindergarten in the fall, and I'd love any advice on how to navigate our family's choice to avoid processed foods and focus on a whole food diet. We've been fortunate enough to avoid packaged kid foods, but I don't really know how to insulate my children or how to avoid being the weird family once friends come to visit. Thank you. I love the whole weird family thing because it just reminds me of being a kid and like going to somebody's house where they didn't have candy and they, you know, you got an orange for dessert and I thought it was weird and now I'm totally going to be that mom. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing if you're in Los Angeles is everybody's that weird parent. So it's not, it's not as weird here as maybe, you know, some other places in the country, but definitely I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I know we feel that way when it's at parties or other places. We know there's certain restrictions or way that we want to raise our, you know, our child, our children, and, and the food that we want to give them. And we want to keep it as you know, non-toxic as possible. So it can be really hard to avoid all, all of these foods. And I want to say even before I get really into the question, I want to thank um, this mom. I want to thank Sharon uh, for sending in this great question. A uh, little shout out to her because she was actually the person who came up with the name Raising Amazing. We, I had a couple of ideas and I posted before we had started and, and Serena had a couple ideas and we posted 
online and and we were doing a vote and then she said oh i have this i have this great idea raising raising amazing that that's what you guys should do and, and then just... I, I i put that one in and then it destroyed all the other ones in terms of what everybody liked so we, yes. we appreciate that and i want to give a little shout out to her tease because she does a She's uh, the CEO of Sift Teas, which she started in 2019, and she's using those to help heal guts in her own children with herbal tea blends that are safe for the whole family. So check that out. Sift Teas. I need some. Super cool. Um, So a little shout out to her. Thank you for the name um, and sharing that and letting us, uh, you know, steal it. Yeah, yeah, we were going back and forth, (laughs) and then uh, Dr. Gator sent it to me, and it just, everything clicked. Everything clicked. So, so we, we, appreciate we appreciate it. it. Thank you. So, Take so the great, village, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great, great um, question. So back to that. So number one is, I think as a parent, you have to make uh, the the rules and the, the guidelines that your family is going to follow. And I think you just need to be, um, you know, okay with, with that. I think that just because you feel like you're the weird one, you're really not the weird one. Thinking about healthy eating is not weird. It's extremely important. And it's really sad, you know, where we are in America with the food today. And, and you know, many programs and schools and, and daycares and other places are starting to make a more concerted effort to get healthier foods, but many are not. And if you are if you have no choice but to send your child somewhere where the food isn't exactly what you want, then the first step and the easiest thing to do often is to get a note from your physician. Your physician can write a note about dietary restrictions for sure. I've done that before where you say, you know, uh, this child has a sensitivity to gluten and dairy. Please uh, avoid that whenever possible. This child has a nut allergies. Avoid that. Um, this child is very sensitive to chemicals and toxins, so they can't have any processed food. Uh, you know, things like that. So you can certainly use your doctor uh, to whatever degree you can, but sometimes it's hard because if they only have a certain food at the school, then they have what they have. And so you may need to work with them to either send your own food with, with your child or um, see what they're going to do on a daily basis and, and decide you know, ahead of the time. Um, but it's not easy. It's just definitely not easy, and you don't want your kid to feel left out. But at the same time, you do have to um, – you definitely need to support them and support their, their growing bodies. And, and sometimes it's you know best to be the weird one. I don't know. What do you think, Serena? <laughs> <laughs> well, I – I weird is cool uh now right like where mm-hmm. that 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 word is different now for kids so normal's um, boring normal yeah normal boring. is boring and weird is cool but i i for me personally i believe in balance um so this is just how i'm choosing to raise my kid is is he's totally eating still eating like he'll get like one jelly bean or half of a chocolate egg because it was easter mm-hmm. and we had cake for three days in a row visiting my family and and um and now it's back to green smoothies Mm -hmm. and so that that's that's what I'm choosing to do um but I think every mama and every parent has to do what feels right to them I would love more snack ideas that are not packaged because that's really hard I find myself grabbing an organic applesauce pouch for the road because because you know and mm-hmm. then then I'm like wait a minute it can't does is it just as easy to peel an apple and bring that on the road yes but then I'm worried he's going to choke on it in the back seat so I, like I wish also there were more packaged snacks that we could purchase that could be um 
that we can feel good about, but there just isn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's a hard thing because with anything with food, you you give, right? You got to give. It, for positive, there's going to be a negative. And the mm-hmm. more fresh that you have something, the more that it goes bad quickly. So right. the less that it's you know something that you can have on the shelf and it can be a snack because it's just going to go bad, right? So it's it's a balance because you know snack food it needs preservatives to stay so you can keep it over a period of time. So it makes it really difficult because otherwise you're needing to shop every two days, which is better for you, of course, right? It's better if you go pick up food out of the garden and then eat it that day, right? But that's not necessarily practical. So it makes it very tough because there isn't a lot of great uh, snack options that are super healthy. There's there's certainly healthier options than, than, than not healthy, right? There's a great level of you can get a chips and then you can get a healthier chips and then you can have an apple. Well, there's a different you know level there. But, but you want to just make the choices to be as healthy you know, as you can. And, and as you said, balance, I think, is the key, right? That is the key. I'm not a big fan of all or none. I think that your kids rebel if you never show them any sugar for their entire life. So mm-hmm. I think that it's important to, you know, control what you can control whenever you can control it. And I, and if you are feeding them uh, and controlling um, and monitoring what they're eating 95, 98% of the time, you're going to do pretty good with that. And if they have a piece of cake every now and again, it's not the end of the world. So if they're at that party, that's the time that you can let them cheat a little bit. Um, except if there's a health issue going on, right? That's where it's different. If you have a gluten sensitivity, you probably should need some gluten. But other than that, I think... I don't like could... the word cheat. Am I allowed to say jump? It cut you off and say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I, this is another podcast, but I had an eating disorder for many years and it controlled my life. And I was scared to eat a piece of cake. And then when the Atkins diet was all hit, I was like scared to eat a banana because of the sugar and like all of these fad diets are so, uh, destructive and for so many reasons. And, um, so I really feel like in raising my own child that balance is key. I don't want him to be scared of cake or think that eating a cupcake is cheating or it's bad. It's not bad. It's just not the healthiest for us, but we can enjoy it and then we can balance it out later. I wrote a whole book on this called How to Eat Like a Hot Chick in my 20s. <laughs> um, well, I, I, that, that's a, it's a good perspective because I, I think that's correct. It's not bad per se. It's just there are some things that might be uh, not so better. great for your health. And there are things that could be better for your health. And that's where uh, I, it's very important to explain to your kids these things. It's very important to explain to them as they get older and so they understand why why is why does sugar cause what it causes to you? What health consequences does it have? What does what do chemicals do to, to people, to their friends, to themselves? And if they understand that, then they understand, okay, well, if I'm going to have the cupcake this one time, okay, I'm going to enjoy this. But if I do it every day, then that's that's where there could be some some consequences. And so having an understanding of uh, the health and the and the science almost behind some of this this stuff to whatever degree you understand it. But it doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be you know the sugar gives you cavities, so we we don't want to eat too much of that. Like those kind of things, kids do understand. And so if we could, we or it makes you feel tired. Like it gives you, yeah, it makes. Gives you energy you and then it makes you crash. <laughs> you can't yeah. go play your, your, you can't go do your gymnastics, those kind of things. So I, well, I think is, that's a really good way. And this is why I love Dr. Medea because she actually gave me recipes <laughs> for um, this, you know, cakes and cookies without sugar and gluten. And um, we we all spent a little bit more time in the kitchen than we can have, you know, healthier treats like that. But it is hard to find the time, but we have to make it. Yeah, get back in the kitchen, everybody. We all got to go back there and make more food. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) 
That was awesome. I love Dr. Gator on his soapbox. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Gator. Thank you, Amazing Mama, for your question. And again, to Dr. Medea for that really great interview. We all learned so much. Join us next week so we can all keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.